Welcome to Fringe. Um, you've got Mike here, Ron, and Haley, my dog, who <laughs> keeps butting in as well. So, jump up. <laughs> Haley. Yes, I was, I was talking to the dog. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome. Um, we're going to try this out tonight. It'll be, it's a bit of an experiment. We want to see what it's like to put up one Fringe service for everyone around the world who's part of Fringe. And we will um, attend a scripture together. We'll make a few prayers together and share communion together. But then at the end of it, we'll break into a couple of chat rooms. So if you've got a bunch of folks that, you know, would like to be in a chat room somewhere and, and to meet together, organise that, do it. Please also make sure you've got bread and wine with you now because we're going to share communion together. So we want some bread to break and a cup to lift and to share. Um, after this part of the service, south side of Brisbane, we'll be going to a Zoom room. The link is on oasistraining.biz. You can go there and click on it. We'll also have it below for you. Ah, see, Ron, the technical guru, it's it's going to be awesome. It'll be running across the screen. Oh. There'll be a link there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, somehow, we'll get you at the right place. So, yeah, Southside, um, where, uh, we have a little job to do tonight. Jen's brother died over in New Zealand this week, and obviously funerals are just, you know, a mess at the moment. So we're going to have um, the commendation part of that service for Jen's brother, Douglas, uh, after we've finished this part of the service tonight in the Southside room. Um, Northside, well, well, the usual thing. We'll do our um, check-ins and talk about how we're going, where we've seen God during the week in our lives. Um, as always, we'll pray for the Southside, who, you know, aren't as good as the Northside. Um, <laughs> need all the help they can get. But um, other than that, we'll dive deep into the message. Um Ask, bring your questions, ask a lot of questions, get them on pen and paper, write anything down which pops into your mind while we're going through it. Um, and let's dive deep. I'd love to hear your stories and your opinions and what you think um, and anything you can add. Actually, just on that, please, I'm hearing awesome stories of God doing amazing things in people's lives, which I would love to share. And every time I hear them, I forget to ask for permission to share them. So if you could, you know, message them in on um, on Messenger, uh, through the Facebook page, even video stories, it'd be great. We'd just love to tell the world the good things God's doing. And the other thing is I'm, I'm hearing horror stories at the moment too, so we'll talk about that a bit later on. But uh, yeah. I want to talk about the offering too. Is that all right? Please. Please, right. So look, um, coronavirus, we're all locked away. That's creating some pressure. I've heard a story well you know we're hearing great stories we're also hearing disaster stories there are no ordinary stories at the moment i heard a story of sexual abuse of a woman this week that i would rate as probably the second worst story i've ever heard it was horrible and vicious in every way so that's the sort of stuff that's popping up we're constantly talking to people who are wondering about how far they can keep going with life um Obviously, the temptations to addiction or addictive behaviours, drinking too much, smoking too much, shooting up too much, well, at all, um, you know, that's strong among our community. And we really need to make sure we've got the resources there to get people to that. The other thing, of course, is we've got a whole bunch of people who are, um, are just in trouble for surgery, you know, people who need all sorts of things happening that just aren't happening. So... We need resources to, uh, to keep Fringe really working well. 
Um, Ron will organise a, a thing somehow, same as the Northside Link, he'll, he'll tell you um, how to get to the bank account for Fringe. Could you please organise um, a regular contribution? Uh, we really need to set Fringe free. And here's the simple truth about ministry. A dollar's worth of ministry costs exactly one dollar. And uh, if we get that dollar, we can spend it. So, um, yeah, what we do shines light in really, really dark places. And, uh, and and we're proud of what we do, but, uh, but yeah, we just need some help to keep doing it. But yeah, the, the amount of stories out there at the moment, um, you know, I'm hearing stories of a lot of people laid off work, um, people getting evicted because they can't get the rent money together. Uh, lots of lots of terrible things going on, plus a lot of wonderful things. Mm. But um, I assure you, every cent you can give to us will be spent to help others on the greater community. Mm. Thank you. So the scripture for today is um, is from the end of John's Gospel, chapter 20. Jesus has been appearing to the disciples and uh, at verse 19. In the evening of that same day, the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. He said to them, peace be with you, and showed them his hands and his sight. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, and he said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. And after saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Those whose sins you forgive, they're forgiven. Those whose sins you retain, they're retained. Now, I reckon that's one of the, the most challenging pieces in, uh, in the New Testament because it sounds like we've got the authority to forgive people's sins, which is something we usually say only Jesus can do. But I've had to think about that a lot. And um, my, my part of this is just to talk about what that means when we're talking to people one-on-one, because I reckon it, I reckon there's some really good stuff in this. So first thing is the context. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. So this stuff only works when we're on the business of Jesus, when we're out there on mission, when we're reaching out to people, when we're loving people, when we're caring, when we're doing the stuff that we should be doing. So if that's not where you're living, this stuff doesn't apply. Don't even worry about it. The second thing about the context is he says, receive the Holy Spirit. I won't bore you with the story, but it's a bit long. But what that is, is actually not receive the person of the Holy Spirit, your friend. It's receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So again, the context is when powerful things are happening around you and people are getting set free and good stuff's going on. That's the context for that. Now, in that context where you're on task and where God is moving through you, you have this opportunity to announce the forgiveness of sins. Now, first thing, John's Gospel, the big sin always is um, not believing in Jesus. So when John talks about sin, your first clue is it's going to be about believing in Jesus or not. So when we're talking to people about Jesus, there's a sense in which their response gets them forgiven or not. If they put their faith in him, their sins are forgiven. If they don't, they're not. So please value what you do by way of talking to people about Jesus, caring for people, just doing stuff in Jesus' name. Their destiny, in a sense, hangs on what you do. So for God's sake, be careful what you do. Do it well. Um, do it gently. Do it kindly. Um, because as you're talking to people about Jesus, the decisions they make 
affect their eternal destiny. So that's one thing it means. But I reckon it goes a bit deeper. I don't know how often I've been talking to people, some of you are watching this, and I've had to say, hey, you know you're okay with God. And, you know, people carry this incredible sense of God is my, my next problem to deal with. i got all this mental illness. i got all this addiction. i got all these crap social skills that I never even really learned how to relate to people. You know, I'm, I'm lonely. I'm isolated. I'm this. And, and bad things happen. And, and my life is in, in large measure spent saying, hey, it's okay. God loves you anyway. God is not a problem to you. God is your resource. God is for you, not against you. Now, I reckon in that, what I'm really saying is, you know, all that stuff you're worried about, it doesn't really matter. You're acting out of PTSD. You're acting out of schizophrenia. You're acting out of um, addiction. You know, you're acting out of violence committed against you that would probably make me want to, want to punch back, you know. And that acting out... I get that. God gets that. And yeah, there's all sorts of things we've got. We've all got to be repenting and growing all the time. And when we say to each other, hey, you're forgiven, it doesn't mean we don't have to grow and change and stuff. We do. But we have the incredible gift to be able to be priests to each other and to say, hey, God is not a problem to you. Your sins are forgiven. It's very powerful. And and I love what happens because I... I like I said, do a lot of that. I love looking at people's faces when I say that. You know, sometimes with people who I'm doing this with the first time, it's sort of fun to say, you know, I don't even care if you believe it or not. Your sins are forgiven. Uh, what? <laughs> and in that announcement, people receive the forgiveness from God. They sort of come to believe it just because one of us told them about it. So I think that's part of this. We are to be about the business of announcing the forgiveness of God. Now, Please, again, treat that really seriously. Do not go to someone who's just having a jolly good time dealing drugs, having sex with anything that moves, you know, oppressing other people, engaged in really serious criminal behaviour, whatever. Don't go there and say, oh, well, your sins are all forgiven. No, they're not. You know, you, there's repentance as part of this whole thing. But for people who are coming out of a place of pain, addiction, mental illness, whatever, look, your sins are forgiven. For that good person who slips up once, your sins are forgiven. And that's part of what this is. We can, we can say that to each other and we need to be walking in a place where we're repenting, where we're dealing with our own sins. We're all on this together, but that's part of it. I absolutely love that. It's so much fun and it's got to be a really important part. You know, if you've been baptised, you've been ordained. You're a priest. And part of what a priest does is to say... You know, I love the Anglican communion services, you know. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so I declare to you, our sins are forgiven. And week by week in an Anglican church, you'll hear that. We need to be hearing that in Fringe every week too. Your sins are forgiven. Stand up and go forth. That's, that's my bit. I'm going to hand over to Mike, man. Thank you, Mike, for that great message. That was brilliant. Um, I really love that passage. Um, when I was looking at it and listening to your talk and reflecting on what you were saying, the, the one thing that I 
really came across or really drew to me was an idea of uh, trauma. Um, and I, I, I say trauma, and you know, I want you to bear with me here, uh, not trauma as you'd normally think of it. Trauma is um, something we always use in a negative connotation. But what I want to do is use it in a positive connotation and try and think of it differently today. But whenever we have a, a, a confrontation, a meeting with God, with Christ, it is like a trauma. It breaks down all the things which we had inside of us, all the things we thought were going to be the case, and changes it. It just blows it up, our expectations, and gives us new life, new power, and a new way to perceive things. So when, uh, so the, the beginning of Acts, we read that the everyone's hiding away in the upper room there, and God appears, Jesus appears in the amongst them. Jesus, who'd recently been crucified, they're all hiding from, you know, the Roman Empire and the oppression and the, and the, and the Jewish people who were out for them at the time. And Jesus appears there and he starts doing party tricks. You know, look at the holes in my arms. You know, stick your finger in there. Go on, check it out. It has a bit of food. You know, I'm eating something. Look at that. How amazing is that? Now, that would be a traumatic experience. Put yourself in there. But a different kind of traumatic experience is not the same as, you know, uh, coming home from work and finding the house cleaned out because your 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 wife's left you. That's that's your negative traumatic experience. But what we see here is a positive kind of trauma. It changed their lives from that point on. It was different. It destroyed their beliefs, their expectations, everything they had. God just shattered the lot and put His own in there. And our role, our job, I think, as Christians, is to go forth and produce that trauma in places where it's needed. In the domestic violence culture, in the substance abuse culture, in all sorts of aspects of what's going on in today's society, it's our role to bring that trauma, that positive thing in, which defies all logic and expectations by bringing God into those situations and he destroys all expectations and everything we ever thought and gives us something so left to feel that changes our way and our life forever. Trauma. A positive trauma. You know, just think about it. The God who created the universe, us, everything, came into the world in human form and wanted to wash our feet. Wow. <laughs> you know, what What an incredible idea. What uh, uh, just destroys all our understanding and all our belief and all the things we thought we had in plan or we're navel-gazing in prayer or looking up, you know, to God. That's not where God is. God's in us, in all of us. And he wanted to wash our feet, not us wash his. You know, Christ on the cross forgave those who were 
tortured him, crucified him, kill him, were casting lots for his clothes in front of him while he's suffering on the cross. He says, Father, they do not know what they do. Forgive them, Lord. Wow. It destroys every sense of what our lives and what the social expectations are. That is a traumatic experience for those who were there. But not a negative experience, positive. You know, in that room after the crucifixion in Acts where we see they're gathered, one of, and Christ comes back to them, one of the first things, you know, one of the most amazing things I find is, is that no one asks him about heaven and hell, you know. Um, he doesn't talk about it or bring it up at all. Wouldn't that be the logical expectations? You've died, you've been to hell, you've been to heaven. What's it like? Tell me about it. But no one does. The norm is destroyed. Our expectations are nothing. Because of what God is capable of doing through us and with us. trauma in that room they would have been saying right jesus it's time we're going to take the roman empire now the kingdom of god what that looks like is rome in those times doesn't it you know we're going to overthrow we're a mighty we're going to be a mighty force they're going to come back behind you they see that you died and rose again they're going to be fearful we can take them christ says no that may be your expectations, but I want to see you love them. I want to see you show love where everything in your being says, despise them, hate them, love them, fight them, oh, love them. Compassion. Not our You can't say to someone, Give your life to Christ. Start coming to the church and everything in your life will be blessed. It's not how it works. There will still be hard times. There will still be horrible things which happens to you. And that's where we fall short is when we start promising these abstract things. Give your life to Christ. Follow Jesus and everything in your life will be amazing. No. But everything in your life will be given meaning. Everything in your life will find meaning through God and through Christ. Every trauma, there can be something found in it to bring hope, to bring love, to bring compassion to the world. That's what I see, Mike, when I read, look at your passage, when I, when I look at that message. I see God calling us to take him to create trauma in people's lives, to change the expectations of what they thought was going to achieve, what they thought the future with God was going to look like, and letting God just blow it up, destroy it all, and bring in his will, bring in his love and his goodness, and for us to reflect that into society wherever we can. 
to give love and hope where the expectation is hurt and pain. And that is how we are called to change the world. That is how we are called to make a difference, not through what we perceive, but through surrendering and accepting that something else, that that God's gift, God's change, God's pursuit to bring the kingdom here through us. Let's break bread together and worship Christ. Lord God, I just want to thank you that in these times of trouble and what's going on in the world, that uh, you don't waste anything, that all the trauma and things we see in the world, that you're amongst it, that all the sadness, all the loneliness and all the isolation, you're there with us. And you can use these things to bring us closer to you, to bring families closer together and to build bonds between us. Thank you, God, that you do not waste a thing, even the horrible stuff which happens around the world. Thank you, Lord. And Lord Jesus, we worship you tonight. Thank you for this salvation that's ours. Thank you, God, for every little piece of it, Lord, for the joy, the peace, the hope, the forgiveness, the freedom, the miracles, the knowledge. Lord, it's just such a beautiful wonderland of, of gifts and opportunities that are ours. Lord, this grace we have, this power we have, it's beautiful. And so tonight, Lord, as we break bread, we really just want to, want to say thank you to you. Thank you that you came. Thank you that you lived our life. Thank you that you took one of our bodies Thank you, Lord, that you died our death. Thank you that you've been raised with our resurrection. And thank you that what you are now is what we will be. We worship you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your comfort, the comforter, coming in these hard times and giving us counsel, giving us comfort, letting us know that God is there, letting us know that you are there and that things will be okay because in the end, you have the final word, not us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for all the comfort and all the love and joy that you bring us. So on the night when he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. When he given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup and again giving thanks. He gave it to his disciples and said, Drink of this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Amen.